Today's episode of Let's Talk is brought to you in part by International Justice Mission. IJM is a global nonprofit working to end slavery and violence around the world. To get an idea of what this work looks like, take this story from South Asia. Several families living in slavery were being brutally abused, poorly fed, and forced to sleep outside in makeshift tents. When IJM and local authorities heard about the abuse, they planned a rescue operation to set these families free. And that operation took place in March of this year, setting 50 people free. You can make this kind of restoration possible by becoming a Freedom Partner and sending IJM to rescue others. Freedom Partners give a monthly gift to IJM so IJM teams can show up month after month to rescue people from slavery and walk with survivors as they heal. Visit IJM.org slash Let's Talk to join today. Hello and welcome to Let's Talk, a podcast from the Gospel Coalition Podcast Network, where we seek to apply biblical wisdom to everyday life. I'm Jasmine Holmes, and I'm here with my friends Jackie Hill-Perry and Melissa Kruger. A lot of topics we've discussed on this podcast have been things that are going to be part of our life, whether we want them to or not. We all have to make decisions. We all face times of discontentment. Nobody wants to be hurt by other Christians in the church. But today's topic is one that we can avoid if we choose to. But if we do, we will lose out on a spiritual blessing. So let's talk about building and cultivating friendships with people who aren't just like yourself. I'm excited about this one um, because my best friend in the whole entire world is CJ. CJ is, we're the same age, but I met her right after Philip and I got married, six months after we got married. And we have been through so much together. She came and brought me food when I was in labor with my firstborn. We taught together, so we saw each other every day for a year. Um, at school, we've both moved cross country to different places and throughout the different seasons of our life have still, still been able to maintain a really close friendship, even though we live hundreds of miles away from each other now. Um, so I am interested in hearing the kinds of different relationships that you guys have with people who are not the same as you, not in the same life stage, not the same ethnicity, um, not the same age, yeah. all that good stuff. One, I'll start with, I think that's one of the really cool parts of being a Christian is that I am legitimately friends with people that I would have never been friends with if I wasn't um, yeah, in the body of Christ. One, I, I just wouldn't have had access to the kinds mm-hmm. of people that I have access to. But I don't think I would have the power to be humble or to even see uh, just a benefit to being with people that don't act like, look like, sound like me. Um, I, yeah, but it's it's hard. I think one of the hardest things for me isn't even ethnicity or age, but just personality. Mm. Like, you could be white, you could be Korean, you could be uh, what, uh, from Scandinavia, I don't care. But <laughs> when you are, like, just so opposite, so, like, you know, loud and excited and and just don't know how to calm down mm. at times like those kind or needy that's a really difficult thing for me because yeah. I'm so to myself that mm-hmm. when I have a friend that just kind of wants to hang out all the time all the time all the time so those kinds of friendships are are difficult but I have them those are the more tricky ones yeah for me too. different yeah when you're 
different in personality. Yes. Mm-hmm. I would say those push me more sometimes because I make judgments. Mm. Um, yes. You know, the person who shows up 20 minutes late yeah. every time, you know, <laughs> And you're like, do you not care about me? Uh-huh. You know, or or leaves their child at your house an hour past when they said they would pick their child up. Ooh. You know, and it just feels like they're takers. Mm. Yeah, maybe. Mm. There's so, a whole you so know, like timeliness, punctuality, all those things. That's important. Yeah, to you. Yeah. 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 Or you know, just what, whatever ways you could be different. So mm-hmm. it could be that person's looking at me and saying, "Why isn't she just more laid back about all this?" Yeah. Right. Yeah. You know, and she and that person may not care. That I leave my kid at their house an hour mm. later. Mm-hmm. I need to try that more often. I should have tried just that. Just see. You should probably send yeah. a text. Just, you know, <laughs> just let them know. Yeah. I, it's so funny. CJ's always late. Like, and she will not <laughs> mind me saying it. She knows. I know. We all know. And so when I visit her in D.C. And so I visited her in D.C. And she was like, okay, we're going to go to this really cool. I think I may have mentioned once or twice that I kind of like houseplants. Um, we we're going to go to a plant nursery and we're going to, there's this whole event, like how to, how to take care of whatever. And I was like, Oh, I'm so excited. And she said, yeah, get off work at five. It starts at seven. It's in Baltimore. And in my mind already, I was like, we're not going to that. <laughs> it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. Like, two it's, hours. it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. You do two hours to like, to get off work, come pick me up. Go. No, it's not going to happen. Yeah. But I was like, yeah, okay, let's do it. Woo. So I go to Starbucks and I get comfortable. I bring a book. That's smart. Yeah, because I just know that we're not, like, this is not the plan that we're going to have. <laughs> and it's fine. And she really thinks that it's what we're going to do. Like, she is, she is committed. Um, but she got there at, like, an, like, 35 minutes after it started and was like, let's go to Baltimore. Maybe we can make it. And I was like, we can hang Maybe out in Baltimore, we but it. we're not going to make, <laughs> we're not going to walk in. And, but it did take, like, it's taken us getting to know each other and getting used to each other and just kind of learning each other's rhythms. So I, I relate to the punctuality thing, definitely. When, when it comes to, I guess, your friendships with people that are different from you, I think you have the people who they think they are discerning or mm. observing this personality type from afar. Um, and so it's like, ah, I don't even want to build a relationship with you um or so are you that kind of person or are you the person who when you get into the relationship you realize oh we are so opposite do you lean into that or do you just say ah, i don't think i want to be your friend in the same way that i thought i wanted to be your friend i will normally be friends with almost anyone mm-hmm. I, I really do i find people pretty interesting mm-hmm. just wherever you know whatever they're like, wherever they are. And I feel like you said about Christians. Mm-hmm. When we have lived in you know, foreign countries or traveled, when I get in a church, I, I tell you, there is, a, there is a DNA or whatever, spirit DNA yeah. of Christians that the smile and the welcome, mm-hmm. you're different. like, oh, you're my, you're my mm-hmm. brother and sister. Mm-hmm. And I find that almost more proof of the Spirit's work Mm. than anything else. Because I can go to a church in all these other continents and feel like I'm home. Yeah, it's it's fellowship, Yeah, literally. Yeah. Yeah, It's It's, just a a shared commonality between you, even though we know nothing about each other. Yeah. Yeah. The hard for me is when trust gets broken. And not just once, but over and over, Mm -hmm. you know, I mean, or you... You feel like that person interprets you wrongly. Mm, yeah. That or is hard. Gossips about you or says, 
you're this way or mm-hmm. that way. Mm-hmm. Those are where I get a little bit, I mm-hmm. back off. Yeah. I think the sticky thing is when your trust is connected to expectations you have that really just align with your own personality. I am a very, like consistency matters to me. Mm-hmm. Loyalty matters to mm-hmm. me. And I think a lot of that might be personality, but also my upbringing. I think my dad was so inconsistent that to me that read as you don't love me. My mother was super consistent, which reads as you love me, you care for me. And so in friendships, when I spot a hint of inconsistency, it just throws me off. And so I have a friend who is that way. Like she will text you and say, hey, let's hang out on Thursday. Thursday comes, can't hang out. Or we'll text you, hey, Mm -hmm. I'm coming over at six. Doesn't text or call because she forgot. So those kinds of things. But so I, I, I say that to say I've had to train myself to realize that she's not breaching my trust because she does love me. She does care for me. She just doesn't know how to love me and care for me in the way that I expect. Does that make sense? No, that makes total sense. That makes total sense. I, so I go to therapy, um, every couple weeks and I don't cry in therapy. I don't really like to, I don't cry. So my therapist always be like, it's okay. You can cry. And I'm like, you'd like that. Wouldn't you? (laughs) It's your power play. I'm like, it's not going to happen. I'm not going to cry. So we were talking about a friend and a situation with a friend that was really hard for me. Um, My friend is a huge words of encouragement person. Mm. I don't like words of encouragement very much. I don't, and it, it, it can come off kind of like, oh, I don't like them. Like, keep giving them to me. But like, honestly, I just feel like people... People say nice things all the time that they don't mean just to make conversation or fill empty space. Mm. And I just am assuming when people are encouraging that that's what they're doing. My friend is, Jasmine, I just love you so much. I just appreciate everything you do. You are the wind beneath my wings. Did she be my friend? I mean, she (laughs) is like I need a word of encouragement. She is effusive with that encouragement. But kind of similar to what you said, Jackie, Mm. like she's not able to do a lot of things when it's time when it's time to make plans she's busy when it's time to you know get together she has to cancel her husband has a really crazy work schedule mm-hmm. and so she doesn't get to see him that often so yeah. when he's available she like chucks seduces at me and goes and hangs out with him yeah. which i understand cuz she never gets to see him yeah. but i understand it like in my head but in my heart it can feel like oh like okay well if you don't want if you don't want to be friends that's fine but she's like i love you mm. you know and so i was sitting in therapy and i was talking to my therapist about this and i was like yeah let's let's really like get into this and she's like why don't you like words of encouragement and i almost cried i didn't cry because strong okay mm. we're or, working we're or, working on that in therapy pride. we're working on that we're one, working on it it's either one <laughs> maybe a little bit of both we're gonna get her to cry <laughs> you know, on the podcast. yeah just like burst into tears but she was like why don't you like words of encouragement and i said because talk is cheap and people say whatever and I didn't know that about myself. My friend didn't know that about myself, but it really helped me to understand this thing about myself where I have been hurt by people in the past who say that they love me, but don't actually. Right. And don't show up when they say they're going to show up and don't show up in my life in those ways. And I did not even realize that my friend's difference of personality was so hard for me because of something that was going on inside of me. In mm. fact, I didn't even realize that it was hard for me until I started talking to my therapist and learning more about myself. Mm. And it was really helpful to know that about myself, which brings me to how does knowing yourself help you to have friendships with people who are different from you? 
That's a really good question because I think one thing I typically do is say, well, this is how I would love them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so I'm really looking at the world through a very self-centered lens mm-hmm. most of the time. Mm-hmm. And so it's actually been helpful. Um, I do think personality tests are kind of helpful. And I remember one time years ago, my husband and I both had to take one for work. And I read his personality profile and I was like, there's a whole group of people like you. <laughs> I've been trying to change you for years. Yeah, I didn't realize. Totally. Oh, it's who you, I mean, in some sense, this is the baseline of kind of where you work from. Not that people can't change mm-hmm. and we can't grow and that we should be able to tell a friend, Hey, it hurt me yeah. when you said you were going to come and then you didn't. Yeah. I mean, you know, I think there's communication there, mm-hmm. but it did help me to know it wasn't kind of purposefully trying to hurt me. Yes. And that's really different. Yeah. It doesn't mean they're a bad person or an unfaithful person or a... Yes. 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 And so knowing myself, but also just knowing there are really are these other personalities Mm -hmm. out there Mm -hmm. that really helped me that to, to just shift and say, Oh, this isn't about me. Yeah. Cause I think, I think the tension in building relationships with people that are different is that I think to your point about us seeing things from a self-centered lens is that we really do want people made in our image and mm-hmm. not God's. Mm-hmm. And so because they are made in God's image and not ours, it means that they reflect him mm-hmm. more than they're going to reflect me, which mm-hmm. is complicated. Mm-hmm. So they can reflect him as being creative or whatever. The fact that like, yeah. you can look at them and see or, or know that there is a creator, but at the same time, it doesn't mean that they like the same music I like. doesn't mean that they think the same way that I think. doesn't mm-hmm. mean that they structure it. Like and so I have to be much more um, gracious to the people that God has made like himself, even though they aren't like me. Yeah. That's unfair. That's huge. Because I wouldn't dare want anybody to have those kinds of expectations of me because I'm like I I don't have the same parents as you I would I didn't grow right. up in the same city as you right. I don't got the same trauma we don't even you know eat the same I, I like black <laughs> coffee you over here eating tea I, I don't <laughs> I mean that's Jasmine okay I and felt that with milk in it I, I just don't what, get it like what I don't oh, understand you do it. milk in your tea it's good I it do doesn't too. make sense it's like juice and milk you're gonna move to Charlotte I I want to <laughs> I know. we can have tea every especially morning especially if it's matcha oh my gosh what about you I don't understand you people but we're friends. Look at that. I know. Let's bring See, that back we're around. Different. We're different, but we're friends. I've even learned that learning more about my friends and learning more about myself helps me to meet them where they are sometimes. Mm-hmm. So my friend who loves words of encouragement, she came over the other day. We're sitting on the couch together. She loves words of encouragement, and she likes touch. Like, she always sits really close. Oh. And I am like be a, hard for me. I am a 10, like, a, I count hugs. So, like, if I'm hugging what? somebody, I'm like, one, two, three. Mm. Like, I did it. <laughs> I did it. I'm good. I hugged you. We're mm. and I will hug you. Like people are like, are you a hugger? Are you not? I will hug you. It's gonna be a three second hug. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just that's just how it is. So my friend comes over and she's sitting next to me and I grabbed her hand and I was like, I have something to, to, to say to you. And she was like, okay. I couldn't look at her when I said it because it just felt too like it was too touchy. It's too much. But I was like, I have something to say to you. I really love you. I'm really glad that we're spending time together today. Thank you for coming over. Release hand. Put it back in my lap. Like, and she was like, I looked up at her and she has like tears in her eyes. And she's like, I'm that I know that that was really hard. Like, I know that was a lot for you. And I was like, what? Like, yeah. even for me to say, she'll be like, oh, I love you. And I'm like, I love 
your face. Knowing that about myself and knowing how she receives love helped me to show it to her in that way. And it's just that like, it's that give and take. And I think we want friendships that are easy for us, yeah. where we communicate in the same language, yeah. where we don't have to bridge that gap of, you know, different ways of doing things where we're just the same. Cause that means that we don't have to work and we don't have to grow. It can yeah. just be, we really won't grow. Yeah. Okay. Let me ask this question. So we live even in a church culture that can get really divisive. Mm. I mean, just look on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Um, but it can be divisive on lots of things that sometimes can, they're not, but they can feel more core to our identity mm-hmm. than Christ. You know, I mean, whether it's our political stance, whether it's the color of our skin, whether it's how we school, homeschool or school our children yeah. or whatever. Mm-hmm. Why do you think those things become these really divisive things in relationships and how can we fight them with the fact that we're a family as Christians? Like we should look different. I get why the world is all a mess Mm -hmm. with this. Right. But often the church just looks just as messy as the world. Yeah. How can we by the spirit's power live differently? Yeah. It seems like, well, I think we, we are naturally tribal. Because I I think being tribal in that, like, I want to connect with people like me, think like me, look like me, uh, respect what I respect, love what I love. That's a part of community, but I think it can be a perversion of community, Mm -hmm. you know? And Mm -hmm. so it's like where it becomes exclusive. Um, I think the, the way to press against it is to recognize that God wants to use a variety of means to grow you and help you see the world mm-hmm. and help you see uh, life. That's so good because I'm so limited. Mm. Yeah. You know, I had one experience growing up. And while it was, you know, a suburban mm-hmm. white girl experience. Mm. And some... Me too. <laughs> <laughs> Suburban black. <laughs> Suburban black, but all around the white girls. Yes. Yes. You know, but my experience could be really different than my friend Betsy's experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, who, I mean, so it, it, it's really difficult. We want to sometimes categorize people as, oh, you're this, so you must be this way yeah. without ever listening to their story mm-hmm. and saying, what was your experience like? Because y'all's experience experiences were completely different different. you know and so someone could say oh i'm gonna just look at the color of your skin Mm -hmm. and say you're this way Mm -hmm. but that's not loving someone no it's not not at all yeah i have a question for you like because sometimes i think even and i say this with all the kindness in my heart but like you know white people can look at black people and think that black people are a monolith like they all think the same like the same stuff Mm -hmm. oh Y'all both want to bring fried chicken to the cookout? You know, that type of stuff. So, like, <laughs> me and you are are different, yep. though we are ethnically the same. Uh-huh. And so, have you had even difficulties building relationships with black women yes. that are different from you? Yes. Because of how you were raised? Yes. Explain. So, when I was growing up, I was raised, like, I was the only black girl in my class all the time. I always tell people, like, whenever you talk about, there's this thing that some some of our white brothers and sisters in Christ do or when they're talking to a black person they'll say oh yeah I have a black friend 
And my joke is like, yeah, that's me. Like, (laughs) they're talking about me. Um, And because of my upbringing and different cultural experiences that I had in my past, it's only been as an adult woman that I have actually had friendships with other black women. Most of my friendships growing up were with white people. So your life has kind of been building relationships with people unlike you yes but kind of similar to you yes yeah culturally and it's so funny because it creates this kind of sense of like never really belonging Mm. anywhere because i did grow up in white suburban culture but jackie you and i both know that no matter how hard we try to assimilate we're still black at the end of the day and so there was always this sense of you know i'm different like my hair is different my skin is different my you know even i look at memes from memes memes and black twitter have been such a balm to me it's so funny because Mm. people will talk about like their thanksgiving growing up or the shows they watched on tv or black mama memes are my favorite (laughs) thing in all of creation and i'll be like oh somebody else like oh we were having the same childhood Mm. like even though i didn't know you and i couldn't talk to you because i was surrounded by (laughs) stephanie and becky who were lovely (laughs) Keisha was having the same childhood that I was having and it's just been such a like oh so good and my husband always laughs at me because I'll be I'll talk be talking about a new friend I'll be excited he'll be like she's black isn't she I'm like okay but (laughs) this is not something that I've had yeah so I am extra excited um and even my husband meeting my husband marrying my husband I'm married to a black man, which none of us thought was going to happen Hmm. uh, because of my surroundings and it's just been such a sweet blessing one of the only times in my life because i did grow up in suburbia i was majority culture um so i i normally felt at ease Mm. in my situations Mm -hmm. i didn't have many situations where i grew up feeling different i mean although we all feel different at some level i mean i think that's core to who we are because you're different personality Mm -hmm. right you know my brother was a boy Mm -hmm. so i was different than him Mm -hmm. i mean i think at some level we all feel that but when I really started to experience what it can feel like to feel different culturally, mm. you mm. with with the place you're living is when I lived overseas. And I was in an English-speaking country, mm. but the moment I would speak, people would say, where are you from? Mm. Well, they'd say it much. I was in the UK, so mm-hmm. they said it much prettier. Than I said. <laughs> and I felt like, I felt for the first time, like my accent was ugly. Mm. You know, I mean, so there, it, you know, you felt different and lesser, mm-hmm. you know, I, I think. That's deep. Yeah. And, you know, so it's like, how do you, and so sometimes it made me act differently than I would in the States. I would, you know, when I was at the grocery store, I wouldn't speak. Mm. I would just say, I mean, you know, mm. I just silently mm. kind of would do my groceries or whatever because I just didn't want to have the conversation. Yeah. yeah. And so how can, whenever we're going into a new space, be it join a new church, join a new small group, how can that fear of being different actually keep us from relationship with others? Yeah. Or how do we even get over that? Yeah. Maybe mm-hmm. how do we say, it's okay that I'm different yeah. and I'm going to realize everyone in this room is different too, even yeah. if they look the same. Yeah. And how can we boldly kind of just go into relationships saying, I'm just going to listen to their story mm. rather than presuppose things about them. Yeah. Mm. I think one idea is to to know that you're different on purpose. Mm-hmm. You know, the way God 
made you was a sovereign decision uh, that came out of his wisdom and love. And so you don't have to change to be loved. Like you're loved already mm -hmm. by God. And so going into a new space then I think gives you the confidence and the security um, that you need. But also, um, like I think about how in Genesis 1 and 2, I think how uh, God created Adam and Eve. I think we sometimes look at complementarity only in relation to marriage, but even Adam and Eve was a creation of community. Mm -hmm. And so they were different yet alike. And so I think we're modeling that when we go into spaces where people are different from us, where we're able to actually benefit from their differences, but they also benefit from you. The things about you that actually make you strange and make mm -hmm. you unique are just as necessary to them and beneficial to them as their differences and their uniqueness is to you. And so I think that would encourage me to know, no, I'm, mm -hmm. I'm needed. Not in an arrogant way, mm -hmm. but God has placed me here to help and serve people with my unique abilities and skills Absolutely. and personality types. Mm -hmm. That's Absolutely. good. That's good. You can boldly go and say, yeah. the Lord made me and fashioned me to be part of his body. Yeah. And not in a prideful way, like there's no one else like me. Yeah, not, not to that. pump up your self-esteem, <laughs> but there isn't anyone. Yeah. And the God of all the universe called me to himself. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so I can go forward boldly because I do think sometimes it's our insecurity that builds a wall yes. with other people. Absolutely. You know, so if you're not in the same season of life as me, mm -hmm. you can't understand my problems. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, so if you don't have young children, mm -hmm. you know, you can't get what my day looks like. And mm -hmm. so therefore we don't make friends with the single woman in our congregation mm -hmm. who might have a lot to tell us about Jesus. Oh, yeah. And we miss that friendship. And make mm -hmm. for a good babysitter. Yeah. I'm yeah. kidding, but I'm and, not. Well, but, and for her <laughs> to feel part of a family. Yes. I mean, one of my closest friends, she started in our life as our babysitter. Mm -hmm. She moved, she was 22, and I had these young kids. And as she's aged, and as we've aged, mm -hmm. she's just become my friend. And mm -hmm. now she actually lives five houses down from me. Mm -hmm. And she has three young boys of her own. And now all my kids are older. So mm -hmm. when her little boys come into my house... And give me these hugs and say, Miss mm. Melissa, you know, <laughs> and I don't have anyone doing that now. Yeah. And she's like, it's crazy when we come over here. But I'm like, I love that they go get all the Nerf guns mm -hmm. and are crazy because yeah. I don't have that kind of yeah. crazy in my house anymore. Mm -hmm. It's been such a joy mm -hmm. for us to be in different seasons. So if I had said she wouldn't want to come into my mess mm. and not invited her over when I had these little children, I would have missed this whole friendship, yeah. even though our life stages have never met up, mm. but she went walking with my 19 year old before she went to college just to talk to her about life. Yeah. Mm. It's been this beautiful that. friendship that is actually better because it's different. Yeah. It's like practicing heaven. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, tribes, yeah. languages, tongues, like heaven will be full of people unlike us, but like us. Absolutely. I yeah. love what you said too about our insecurity. I think owning our insecurity is a big part of having relationships with people who are different than us. Um, I know for my part, we talked a little bit about it in the church hurt episode, but I've had a lot of uh, friendships that imploded. And so I often find myself like if I'm if I have a friend and she never texts me back, I just assume she doesn't want to talk to me, doesn't want to be my friend and not in a way that's like, oh, woe is me, but just kind of like, OK, well. I'll just I'll just fade out of her life then <laughs> she's since she's busy or if I have a friend that can like never get together I'm like oh that's probably a subliminal message mm -hmm. like she probably just don't want to hang out so mm -hmm. I'm just gonna leave her alone like that's and that's just how I kind of like think through things but I've realized that that's my way of 
protecting myself and that's my way of not getting hurt and it's my way of not having somebody else say hey jasmine like you're an inconvenience or i don't really like you or i don't i'm like well i'll just i'll 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 just back off Mm -hmm. so before you get a chance to say that to me because you probably want to say it anyway Mm -hmm. um and i've had to own that that's my stuff that's not my friend's fault for not texting me back right away that's not my friend's fault for not being able to come over that's me Mm -hmm. and that's my hurt and I can talk about it to that friend, but also I can take it to the Lord. Mm. I can talk about it to my therapist where I will not cry. <laughs> uh, I can talk about it to my, you know, I can, I can work through those things. Mm. And that's been a really helpful um, and empowering thing for me in having new relationships with people who are not like me to just know that my tendency to run and my tendency to kind of like insulate myself from potential hurt um, is not of the Lord mm. and it needs to be addressed. Mm. Uh, has been really good for me. That's good. We're all three women here. And so one of the most different types of friendships we can have are friendships with men. Mm -hmm. So I want to ask, how have you continued, and is it okay to continue having friendships with men, you know, as a married woman, but how has that changed your perspective? How has actually having friendships with men been good to have? Because I can normally get with a room of girlfriends and we see things from the same perspective mm-hmm. a lot of times, but sometimes it's my male friends who push me in certain ways with how they say things and how they do things and even what they think. And I found it really good, but I just wonder how do we do that? Cause sometimes in the church, I think that's kind of a scary thing. Yeah, you know, totally. Can, can we be friends? But, but in the scriptures, I do see this, mothers and fathers and sisters and brothers and daughters and sons Mm -hmm. you know paul talked about one woman who is his she has been like a mother to me Mm -hmm. you know and you you see these relationships that are like family so i hope we can have that in the church but how do we do that well i don't have a lot of male friends i have i have one in particular i talked about israel on the last episode it was a tour that we went on with a lot of people and one of the people uh, was Johnny, who's several years younger than I am. It's so funny because Philip saw pictures and he was like, yeah, I we weren't dating yet. He was like, I thought you were with that guy. <laughs> I was like, that is my little brother. And he is the, like every single time I'll post something on Instagram, he'll like comment something encouraging. He is always just the most uplifting, hilarious, love him person. And I, um, when I got married, I was kind of like, oh, can I still be friends with Johnny? Like, is that okay? Uh, and I'm so glad that I am like, I'm so glad that I didn't forfeit that relationship because he's so encouraging and it's been fun to watch him grow in the Lord and to be able to, um, speak into his life, have him speak into mine. Uh, it's more, it's definitely a little brother, big sister relationship. Yeah. I, I think, uh, growing up, like in high school in particular, I had more male friends than I had, uh, female. And even when I became a new Christian, I had more men friends just cause I, I guess I related to them more in some ways. I think now I still retain a lot of the older friendships I have. And then a lot of Preston's, my husband's friends have become my friends mm-hmm. if they're over mm-hmm. the house. And so I, I think one thing I enjoy about my male friendships the most is that they just don't talk about the same stuff. Like sometimes I think having coffee with women, it's just, this, this is a generalization, but it's my experience. It's just always somehow comes back to kids and school and marriage. And it's just like, can we just talk about something else? Yep. And so I think yep. men, just their approach to conversations is so different. And mm-hmm. I, I really enjoy that. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. yeah, I grew up with a brother, and so it was the most natural thing. His friends were always over, mm-hmm. yeah. and that's what I was kind of used to. Mm-hmm. And it's funny, when I think about my brother, because my brother and I were at the same church for years, and sometimes people didn't know we were siblings. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we'd be talking close, because mm-hmm. he's my brother. And sometimes I'd see people looking at us, and I was like, do they think we're inappropriate? He's my <laughs> brother. But, but then I thought, that's how it should be viewed with all my brothers yeah. in Christ. Right. They're my brothers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, they're my brothers. We can be friends or whatever. And it, I, I've learned so much um, from just different brothers in the faith and yeah. listening to them and hearing their perspective Absolutely. is really helpful because sometimes they do just think differently about theological issues yep. or even political issues. I just like hearing people's perspective. And so I think one of one of the things I think in all of this of having friends that are different from us, I don't think we have to be fearful about that because mm-hmm. that's a, it's actually a way to learn about the world. Yeah, it is. And do I really want to go around the world with just such a finite perspective on yeah. life? Because mm-hmm. I'm one little dot. Mm-hmm. Whereas every time I meet someone, it expands what I understand about the world mm-hmm. and about experiences in the world. And it actually can help us share the gospel better. Absolutely. To that point, what, what, what do you say to those who, you know, how the Bible says, uh, you know, friendship with the world is in enmity with God. Mm-hmm. And they read into that and say, I can't be friends with worldly people or, I, or Psalms one, blessed are those who walk not in the counsel of the wicked. Is there room and space and wisdom to be learned with being friends with unbelievers? Mm hmm. I think there is. I mean, in our last episode, we talked about mentorship. Mm-hmm. You don't want to have a mentorship relationship with an unbeliever that's centered around your faith, mm. right? But what about if you're at work and you're a teacher and there's a really good teacher who is not a believer, but is really good at her job and mm-hmm. can be a really good mentor to you? I can't think of anybody who would be like, oh, no, that's not going to work. <laughs> no, she can't. She's going to lead me astray. Yeah, she can't teach you how to teach. Um, <laughs> There is this thing called common grace mm-hmm. <laughs> that I love so much. And there are friendships and relationships with people uh, that I think can be beneficial regardless of their religious beliefs and also gospel opportunities that can come from those friendships. My only caveat would be just making sure that when you're in those relationships, you remember who you are mm. and focus less on who they are and what they're doing and more on are you being who you're supposed to be in that relationship. Yeah, because I think good. of that Psalm 1, it says the counsel mm-hmm. you know, of the wicked. I do think we have to be careful about whose advice we're taking, mm-hmm. uh, especially in spiritual things. Mm-hmm. So if that you know, teacher friend or mm-hmm. whatever starts saying, you know, I know your marriage is hard. You know, I mean, he seems grumpy. You should just get out of it. And yeah. You be yeah. you and you do your life. Then you have to start saying, am I going to this person because they're telling me what I want to hear? Mm-hmm. You know, and am I taking their counsel because it says good? So I think the friendship of the world is almost that worldly system. Mm-hmm. So we want to look just like the world. We want to be like the world. Yeah. Whereas we do need people reminding us of the truth of the gospel. And I think about not being yoked with an unbeliever. Mm-hmm. That means like, we're put under the same yoke, going the same direction. Mm-hmm. My life should look different than mm-hmm. an unbeliever, but that doesn't mean I don't I don't want to have non Christian friends. Mm-hmm. You know, I want to be engaged with them, hearing their stories, mm-hmm. so that I can try to find ways to share the gospel with them. Yeah, and being friends with non Christians has literally helped me be a better minister. 
just because, you know, I remember when I realized all of my friends are following Christians on Twitter. They're reading the same Christian books. They're listening to the same Christian music. Mm -hmm. And so even I'm not even equipping myself to know or understand other worldviews so that I can then speak that uh, or speak into that with the gospel. Mm -hmm. And so I think being friends with uh, non-Christians, they'll say, I don't. So one of my friends, for example, she's a, a, a lesbian. And she was telling me just some of the jargon that Christians use that's offensive or feels disingenuine. And I take that for myself, but also when I preach a workshop on evangelism to the same-sex community, now I have context for, hey, when y'all say, I love you, I, I say this in love, but 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 don't even say that mm-hmm. because they already know what's about to happen. They've shut down. They won't hear the gospel anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, but mm-hmm. I wouldn't have learned that from a Christian book. Mm-hmm. I would only learn that from a non-Christian. Yeah. Well, that's been a really great conversation about friendships, relationships. Um, There's so much more that could be said. Um, But I think the action step that I would love to give would just be to look around at your relationships and see how you can be a better friend to people who are different from you. Maybe there's somebody in your life who's different that you've kind of been hesitating about getting to know. Can I name some differences? Yes. Social, socioeconomically different, mm. uh, physically different, mm-hmm. uh, racially, ethnically, culturally different, mm-hmm. uh, age-wise different, life stage different. Mm-hmm. Just, I think, naming them actually gives us clarity on what we mean by different. Yeah, and That's even good. not just being friends with people who only go to your church. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If, if, we, if you're friends with other Christians, like, why are you only friends with people who go to your church? Yeah. Aren't you friends with people different who go to denomination. Yeah. Ooh. yeah. Ooh. Absolutely. Like you're Baptist, one. right? Uh, I'm Presbyterian. Oh, now. you're Presbyterian. <laughs> now, but you were raised Baptist. I absolutely okay. was raised Baptist. <laughs> <laughs> and I married a Presbyterian, so oh. bridging gaps, you know? Yeah. I'm all different. about it. Yeah. I'm all about it. Okay, so I think now is a good time to wind down and talk about our favorite things. So this week, I want to know, what's your favorite book that shaped you spiritually? I have two. Okay. One is a biography. So I feel like they're very different. You know, Mm -hmm. I mean, a biography speaks to me about somebody's life. Mm -hmm. And it's almost like a mentor by watching their life. And it's a chance to die. Uh, It's a story about Amy Carmichael, Mm -hmm. who's a missionary in India. And I can't tell you how much her words, she wrote poems Mm -hmm. and different things. Those words come back to me so much. It was written by Elizabeth Elliot. Mm -hmm. But just the example of a woman who was a single woman, you know, she was in a completely different season of life than Mm. I ever was. But I learned so much from her faithful obedience Mm. to to the Lord and just seeing that lived out over decades in a foreign country. Um, The other one is Knowing God by J.I. Packer. Mm -hmm. I just, he, every word he writes just felt packed with meaning Mm -hmm. about knowing God Mm -hmm. and why I think for years I went to the Bible wanting to know myself and he really gave me a vision to go into the bible and want to know god and that that would change everything Mm -hmm. that's huge yeah i think by far my entire christian life and ministry has been shaped by desiring god by john piper Mm -hmm. uh just because i discovered even though it took me some years to read the book and actually understand it but it's i think uh in the early stages of my christian walk i just didn't have a grasp on the beauty of God like I heard about God and his hatred of sin and stuff like that but to know that he was a beautiful Mm -hmm. God and therefore to pursue him was to pursue beauty and joy and love and all of that um and it's it's literally shaped how I see the commandments it's shaped how I've seen the promises of God 
um, and it's fueled how I communicate sermons even. Like I always try to make God beautiful Mm -hmm. uh, in my writing and in my teaching um, because I think I learned that from Piper. Yeah, so I love that. He is really good at that. Yeah. Mine, I have two as well. Uh, The first one is also a biography, The Hiding Place by Corey Ten Boom. Just throughout my life, I've read it over and over and over again and related to her so much. Actually, I thought that I probably wasn't going to, I thought I wasn't going to get married because she was never married. I thought like, there's all these things about her life. I was like, yeah, I know, like me and Corey, like we're like this. (laughs) Um, But just her life is encouraging because when she was in the darkest places, she was not afraid to admit her doubt and to allow the Holy Spirit to convict her um, through the life mostly of her sister, mm-hmm. Betsy. And Betsy is kind of the Christian that we all want to be. <laughs> <laughs> and Corey is the Christian we all are. Yes, Corey is the Christian that we all are. And, and once you get to the end of the book, you realize she's a Christian that we all hope we could mm-hmm. be. Um, my second one is A Sure Guide to Heaven uh, by a Puritan named Joseph. I always butcher his last name. Um, I think it's A-L-L-E-I-M-E. But just look up A Sure Guide to Heaven and you can actually just find it like at the PDF is online. And it's just one of those fantastically convicting books. And it's about the way of salvation. And I like growing up in a Christian home, I don't know how many times I prayed that prayer just to make sure that it stuck. <laughs> I was like, let me just walk down the aisle one more time. Um, and that book is just this encouraging primer on what what it is to be saved and i love it just so much it's very encouraging all right well that's all we have for this episode of let's talk next week we'll be covering the topic of taming the tongue that's probably something we all need to be challenged on so please be sure to tune in i know i need to be challenged on it you can subscribe to let's talk through apple podcasts spotify stitcher or wherever you like to get your podcasts Check out other shows from the Gospel Coalition Podcast Network at tgc.org slash podcasts. The Gospel Coalition connects Christians to resources that apply the truth and beauty of the gospel to all of life. 